were ninjas a 90s like thing like could you quote unquote oh. like could you really could like would when when is the stop when do we stop the ninja Yo. fascination you know yeah ninjas it kind of runs out eventually but <laughs> god the 90s were all about ninjas <laughs> There were just, what a weird thing for little boys in the United States to be fascinated by. It's just ninjas. Ninjas, man. Dude, I was like, I, I was always pretending to be a ninja. Yeah. Just constantly. In, I was just like fighting random dudes that, that you couldn't see. In third grade, uh, we did one of those like, okay, kids, fill out what you want to be when you grow up. And, uh, you know, and they do this. They do this as a joke. They do this because they right. know children will write stupid things on. And on it'll be thing. funny. And it'll be funny. Yeah. And I think I won. I think I had the best one of the class because I yeah. said, and this is, uh, this is horrible, but also, hey, it was an eight-year-old that said it. So let's right. everybody calm right. down. But uh, it's going to be really horrible because Matt uh, says horrible stuff and he's an adult now. As an adult. Uh, I said, I want to be a Kawasaki ninja. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know why Kawasaki was the most Japanese word wow. I could think of, and I decided wow. that was the class. Of, that was the adjective of of wow. ninja that I wanted to be. That is such a bold face. Like that is so you, though. The idea that like you're like I'm gonna talk about ninjas and then just throw in this vaguely sounding ninja word for authenticity. Uh -huh. It seems there real, and then everybody who knows anything or has ever heard words is like, well, I'm thinking you're wrong. <laughs> you were trying to say that you wanted to be half ninja, uh -huh. half motorcycle. Half motorcycle. I want to be a ninja bike. Yeah, rum rum. <laughs> Let's go. Welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac, the only video game show without a tagline. It's me, Matt Martins, and I'm here with my co-host, Hunter Donaldson. Boo. <laughs> Boo. That's not good. That's the, you're going to take that again. You're taking that again. You may as well just use the one you used to use, the the flirty look at 30 years ago. The flirty look at 30 years ago? Is that? He, can, should we do that? The squirty I, no, I'm look not going to do that one. It's ago. not good enough for me to oh, say. Oh, I see. What do you do? good enough What's for yours? you to say? Let me do yours. Uh, mine is uh, Welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac, the only show about 30 years ago and today. It's not good, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not good, but it is descriptive. Yeah, and I always right. say if you can't be clever, at least don't confuse anybody. Yeah, and that's why so we named our other show Space Cats, Peace Turtles. <laughs> so well, that nobody would ever this... get confused. So many times, and I think it's really obvious to people that listen to that show, that show was not supposed to succeed. It's supposed to be a big fat failure. <laughs> so stuff like the name, no one quibbled about it. Nobody, we did not care. It did not matter what it was called because uh -huh. it was going to be something we did for, you know, three weeks and then never again, basically. Well, regardless... Today, we are uh, looking at 30 years ago. Sometimes we'll be looking uh, in, in this new format for our show. Sometimes we'll be looking at modern games uh, of 2024. But more often, we'll be looking at games from 1994 as we celebrate a bunch of 30th anniversaries uh, yeah. of these releases. And this week, uh, from January of 1994, was 
the Ninja Warriors or the Ninja Warriors again, uh, as mm-hmm. it is known in some places. But this was a Super Nintendo game remake of an old arcade beat 'em up. Well, it's not a remake; it's well, sequel. It is a sequel. You're right. Yeah, it, it is. It, the original game it has almost nothing in common with the original game except for like graphics, basically. Yeah. Like, like the fact that there's ninjas. That's basically yeah, yeah, yeah. it. But before we get to that, or unless, are you trying to skip the opening segment no, here? No, see, here's here's what we have to do. We should be official, and it's like, here at the top, we're going to tell you about what we're going to talk about. But first, it's our news segment. It's We're doing the news. Welcome to the news. We're in the present, Hunter. Uh, you wanted to talk about the goings-ons. Yeah, I thought it would be cool. Well, actually, I, this isn't even my idea. You were noting this, and then I thought, oh, it'd be cool if we talked about this in the episode. Uh-huh. Um, so in the present, to get a little bit of 2024 going for everybody, uh, we wanted to talk about the news. Ubisoft uh, <laughs> has come out to say that they want us to be more comfortable not owning uh, our games. And I'm going to read a quote uh, from an Ubisoft uh, narc. Uh, <laughs> Here's the quote. Uh, One of the things we saw is that gamers are used to, a little bit like DVD, having and owning their games. You can hear the scoff after that, I think, that comes Yes, right? That's the consumer shift that needs to happen. They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. That's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games as gamers grow comfortable in that aspect you don't lose your progress if you resume your game at another time your progress file is still there that's not been deleted that's three sentences he used as if he was talking about three different good benefits but he's actually just describing the same aspect of it yeah and also Um, something that does not preclude not owning a game like we do have the the cloud and the internet does actually exist with or without this service he wants to describe (laughs) you don't lose what you've built in the game which is also kind of that's he's still talking about saving uh or your engagement (laughs) with the game which is just making it more ambiguous so it's about feeling comfortable Uh with not owning your game i love how detached that is because he's saying you don't need to own your game look at all the things that you could have as benefits and i'm like have you ever played a steam deck on which i own all of the games that are on that like i own all those games and I can resume my game at another time. My progress file is still there. I don't lose my progress. Right. I don't lose what I've built, and I don't lose my engagement with the game. Like, no, all of that is true. Right. And I own stuff, mostly. Yeah. But, I mean, I, this is the complicated thing I have with this, is he's not... He is dumb, and he is wrong. He's also not wrong, because it's what we're already doing. And I, I, it's hard for me to kind of parse the difference between saying this and kind of saying the quiet part out loud and like people's excitement with something like game pass because game pass is the same thing right yeah um i find that in general so like okay so this in this quote uh he just finds a way to restate the idea that all we're worried about i guess is like keeping our save files that's not what worries me about streaming services when it comes to games right what worries me is when you take the game off of the streaming service it doesn't matter that i have a the save file is now useless because you took it off the thing so now i might have to just buy it anyways which then means that what was i paying for the the service for i think that the comparison point here that this guy's making is kind of showing to me that he does not see 
the difference between movies, music, and games. And I would say there is a difference, and that difference is games, you invest way more of your time into one uh, unit yep. of enjoyment for a game. Right. Right? Like, you might listen, maybe there's a, your favorite album, you might listen to that over and over for thousands of hours, whatever. Let's yeah. ignore that for a second. Right. Um, in order to experience an album once, or a movie once, we're talking about an evening of time. Yeah. We're talking about one sitting, you get it done. Right. Games are more ongoing engagement, and the idea of games coming in and off of a uh, streaming platform every couple months yep. is actually pretty disruptive to, I think, your ability to enjoy the games, right. which is why I actually don't have Game Pass anymore yeah. because they kept taking things off that I was either in the middle of playing or yeah. was looking forward to playing. Yeah, it's super frustrating. Actually, I think it's two different metrics because like to even say CDs and DVDs or that or that music and movies are the same because there's there's... There's three different things happening across all of these mediums. You're describing the game problem of like I my game like I might play games for a, a while. Also there's just the whole issue of none of these companies actually protect their backlogs. So I can right. go on to Netflix and I can watch a movie from the 70s. It, it's almost impossible for me to play the games from the early 90s on most of these sure. platforms. So it's a lie to say, like, we're, we're just giving you access to everything. It's like, no, you're giving me access to the last, like, five, maybe ten years worth of stuff right. uh, in a best-case scenario. Um, so they're already lying. But the other difference, too, is, like, with music, it's about how music has changed to uh, uh, where the access needs to be, right? I need music at my disposal everywhere anywhere like sure. i yeah cds went out of style because i can't carry my cds around everywhere but if i have every mp3 accessible to me on my phone right. then we're good to go i think a lot of us also kind of just still hate that it's a streaming platform it would be great if i just actually still had all of the music that I have. Like, I, I, I'm right. a person who would prefer that, and I, I miss... Uh, Google Music was always my... or uh, Yeah, yeah, Google Music was my preferred platform because you could upload your files to its cloud and then put sync that stuff with your phone, and it didn't matter that you were, like, subscribed to the stuff that they have access to. I could right. put whatever I wanted onto my thing, and I wish that's what we would get back to, but it's not like we... I don't think most of us, like, actually love any of the streaming ecosystems right, right now like they're all pretty bad for a bunch of different reasons uh so it's funny to me that games people are like we got to get people into these netflixes and it's like did you you realize everyone is super burned out on having paramount plus and netflix and max and disney right. plus and all of this stuff like nobody actually wants this to be the format and and to your point games i i might play i mean me, for this show, I force myself to try to play about 50 games a year, and that's really hard. Right. Most people, maybe 10 games a year, 10 to 20 games a year, maybe sure. you know, something like that. Whereas, like, plenty of people watch, like, a show or movie every single night, right? That's right. a completely different <laughs> atmosphere. Yeah, and if you're going to play 10 games every year then do you really want to go through the complication of making sure that it's, okay, is it on the streaming platform yeah, right. that I care about? Is it going to stay there? Uh, why not just buy it? And then you're done. Exactly. And oftentimes, like, it's 
you know, I feel like Microsoft is doing a good job of like locking down certain types of content and saying it's going to be day one on Game Pass. But there's so many things that they can't lock down, basically. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, unless you are specifically like an Xbox person, mm -hmm. which I've seen the numbers, there's less of you out there <laughs> in general. Then <laughs> like, I feel like the idea of Game Pass doesn't really make sense like over a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, I had it for over a year and I kept it mostly to keep Sean occupied <laughs> because Sean needed something to do. And I felt like it was, it you know, it wasn't bad for Sean to uh -huh. have that. And uh -huh. I liked Sean having that. Right. Um, but it just eventually, you know, Sean, their interest waned. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, not really that into it because right. I felt like it, it's the same problem that all of these platforms have, which is that they just bombard you with all of the content that they have. Yep. And you see the fluff yep. and you just get kind of turned off. Like I am someone, you know, and I, we might be in the minority here. I think there's a lot of people that might not have a problem with that. Uh, but I am someone that like already knows what I want to experience yeah. and I'm going to grab it like piecemeal and have it. Yeah. So I'm just going to go to the well to grab this thing. I'm, I don't, the idea of me ever turning on game pass and being like, all right, well, what do I want to yeah, play? No, I know. I already know what bit. I want. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not browsing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not out yeah. here browsing. Like I, I get games get marketed right into my live stream. <laughs> And then from there, I make uh, my decisions. Now, obviously, U the Ubisoft guy is not talking about me. Yeah, I am not sure. being addressed by that. It's about other people. But it, I think it re still remains to be seen whether the idea of streaming games uh, or, you know, th that Game Pass can, like, replace something yeah. like Steam, for yeah, instance. Right. Like, Valve is not announcing that they have a streaming service coming out which means that they're looking at the landscape and saying like yeah. yeah that's that's not in the cards and i trust them i think a little more as far as the market goes so also in in ubisoft related news mm -hmm. um this positive as com you know compared to the negative story we started with <laughs> uh prince of persia the lost crown came out last week yeah neither of us have played it no. um, because we're actually record recording it on the day that it comes out yeah um i don't actually think i'm going to play it but matt i will give you a chance to talk me sure. into it because you are smitten with this game smitten is maybe a bit too far but i'm i'm intrigued by it and especially maybe it's you know in part the like there's nothing else coming out right now and this is maybe the hottest item we've got in in january uh mm -hmm. in, in video game land but it's one we've talked about a few times and i'm just pleasantly surprised to see the reviews are coming in pretty good uh i mean it's like yeah. a 86 or so uh, on on Metacritic, so across you know a, a bunch of things, it's it's doing Only an pretty 86? well. Well, okay, Damn, so Hunter says that's, that's really bad. Oh, is that really that's, really bad? That's a super bad score for <laughs> a game. You know they're like required to give games ten. Like <laughs> you're just required to do it. Eighty six is actually very bad by game oh, metrics. Okay, okay. That would mean that it's basically unplayable it's garbage. It's good to know. Yeah, uh, just no, letting you know. I I have been hearing great things about it though, and and the 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 things specifically about it that perk my ears are well so first off when i even first heard about it i did not even realize it was a metroidvania i mean i saw that it was a a side scrolling platformer but i didn't know it was mm -hmm. like very open uh and that's something i've learned in the last few weeks uh but seeing actually some of the mechanics uh things that uh like really have perked my ears up there's a 
within the map screen. And you know I love a, a treasure map. I, I like to... That's part of these games that I kind of get hooked the most on is... is mm -hmm. Remembering where a thing is, and and you know the complexity of Metroidvania so often is like you see the door you can't go through yet, and you're like, I gotta right. remember to come back to this spot later. And and even the modern games have like a little pin system, right? Hollow Knight, you can drop a, a blue pin. It's like I'll remember what that is, but I gotta remind myself like what a blue pin is in my own little language that's going on. And Prince of Persia goes one step further and lets you take a screenshot and pin it to the map, so you can pull up your map, go to your little pin, open that up and go, oh, it's that door. I know now that I have a power that works on that door, so I know specifically that I can go back to that point and open that up. So I, I can see the right. actual room that the thing is in, uh, which is cool just from a, I like that exploration side of these kinds of games. Um, and then the other side of it that is not something that directly appeals to me, but has just sounded good as people are saying it feels quite good i mean it's it is like a combo driven very yeah. actiony game everyone and i think they're maybe i think people are probably a little overstepping when they say this but a lot of people are like it's got sekiro vibes it's very like precise in in, in its action game mm -hmm. quality so i i want to check that out just to see like kind of how it feels people say it gets pretty hard at the end although i would note the people that are saying it gets pretty hard at the end are not people i know as being particularly amazing at games so it's probably you know r relatively difficult as hard i would guess it's as hard as hollow knight in the not hardest moments of the game right the, the like standard bosses of hollow knight it's probably as hard as that stuff hard as regular regular speed hollow knight right. is like how difficult <laughs> it might be um john linneman of uh digital foundry uh somebody that i like a lot i would elect him president of video games actually is something i <laughs> think about him a lot um is that if there were to be a pre there shouldn't be a president of video games but i would be backing uh the linneman uh campaign yeah uh i he said it was great and he said oh, that he loved it yeah okay um, cool. and i respect him a lot uh yeah. he did not mention difficulty but that's probably because he's good at games yeah but i here's what i don't like about it I just think it ju it just looks very plain, yeah. And it doesn't look very it does the art style does not inspire interest mm -hmm. in me. Mm -hmm. And I think that Metroidvanias they have generally set a very high bar. That's true for art design. Yeah. And so if you're telling me you got one that doesn't have very eye catching art design or very interesting outside of the box art design, which you know I realize it's a Prince of Persia game, so it is kind of limited by what came before. There have been Prince of Persia games that had like pretty wild yeah. swings as far as art design. They didn't end up being very good games. Right. There was a Prince of Persia reboot that I that had a lot of stuff going art design wise that I liked. Um, this game, I just I just don't like how it looks, and so it's hard for me to decide I'm gonna. And also the other thing is like Metroidvania is a hot yeah hot kind of game a right high, now. Highly uh, competitive market, but that's been yeah. the most surprising part to me is that people are the people I listen to and read are. You know, saying it, it's at least up to snuff. And, yeah. and the, the bigger question is then, is, you know, an up to snuff game, like, enough, it worth, you know, time enough to, to dedicate towards it? And it's the kind of thing, too, where I really want to play it, 
But it's me we're talking about. Do I have extra time for extra games on the docket? Yeah. I don't know when I'll actually get around to this game. I'm not playing it this week or anything. I, right. I would love to. I am interested in it, and I do want to check it out. And it's the kind of game where, depending on how the year goes, I'd love to maybe be keeping my eye on it towards the end of year as we're talking about games of 2024, see if it lasted. You said something to me, Hunter, off off the when we were just hanging out one day of like, I just don't see it being a game that we care about at the end of the year like it's it, you know yeah. is it really going to be a game that people remember from 2024 by the end of the year and i think that's right. pretty valid like it's it, i don't know that an up to snuff metroidvania is that one of the even top 16 games of 2024 i don't know yeah i think it makes a top 50 but doesn't make like a top 20 yeah. is like kind of how i would describe right. it um it's like you know last year the january game was hi-fi rush and that was a really interesting looking game uh, that had a lot of, I think, promise. And I did actually check that game out and yeah. had, had a good time with it. Um, but I, this is no Hi-Fi Rush. Right. That's just how I and feel about it. And even that yeah. was like only on some people's list at the end of the year. You right. know, like it, that right. was not something that broke the mold for a lot of people. And now, to be fair, 2023 was a ridiculous year. <laughs> and in 2024, <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush probably would be one of our like goatee contenders or like top tens or something. I don't know. But maybe, uh, you know, we'll, I don't we'll know. See. I didn't love it that much. Sure, sure. But I, I have very low hopes for 2024. So we'll we'll see. I don't, I don't know. Uh, a lot to be. No, nah, man, come on. 2024 is going to be huge once <laughs> Nintendo announce, announces the, the Switch, Switch 2. <laughs> Um, with it has eight screens and you wrap it around yourself like a blanket it literally uh -huh. it you, you have to wear it it's like on your skin it's skin to skin mm -hmm. contact it mm -hmm. loves you like a mother that's the uh tagline well, switch to it loves you like a mother um, well, can we can we transport ourselves back in time now and and talk yeah. about uh the the topic of the week now i want to know so now we have a, a a news noise we need little we need little musical cues for our show and and transition format yeah. we're in uh but we're, we're gonna back to 1994 uh and it's january you never break the mold with your little no, fake just little noises like, you just always do exactly the classic thing yeah. you know well, you i'm doing it with my right. mouth I, you want me to do like a right. new unique noise no one would yes. recognize i want you to okay. do like a cool let's go back new to noise. 1994 Woo! <laughs> okay you laugh but it wasn't that better that was actually better because it there, it didn't induce any kind of eye rolling. It was actually just shocking, you know, like, and that's good. We want to shock the audience. We don't want to give them exactly what they expect at every turn, you know? Okay, wait, I have another one. I have another one. I have another one then. Well, if, if it's about shocking, it's, all right, let's get transported back in time. <laughs> okay. Oh, my yeah. God. We're... We're in 1994. <laughs> it feels bad to time travel. But yes, we are. We have gone back in time. It is now, for the rest of this episode, we're going to be talking about the 1994 beat-em-up classic, The Ninja Warriors, mm -hmm. which was released on January 28th, 1994 in Japan. And then in February, at some undisclosed date that my research did not, I didn't figure it out when it came out. But it was in February in North America, mm -hmm. developed by Natsume, who are uh, famous for having developed Tailgater Woo! for the Game Boy, a nice. big game if you're us, and not a big game if you're anyone else. Um <laughs> They also developed two other games that come out in 1994 that who knows, maybe we'll end up talking about. I kind of doubt it, but there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, they developed Wild Guns, 
uh, which is like a gallery shooter oh, okay. type game. Yeah. Um, very fun. Uh, and then we've got the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Super Nintendo game, which was a beat-em-up and uh, is also very good. And I have a copy of that game right here on my desk. <laughs> um, it is one of the 1994 Super Nintendo games that I owned when I was a kid wow. and still have. Um, because I am still a child. Also a ninja game, just to throw that out there. Uh, yes. Also ninja stuff. <laughs> Power Rangers are, even at at sometimes in the Power Rangers run, they are literally ninjas, yeah, and they yeah. wear ninja stuff. <laughs> um, this game was published by Taito, who are known for Elevator Action, uh, Bubble Bobble, and Space Invaders, mm -hmm. uh, among like millions other great arcade games. And it was remade in 2019 as the ninja saviors return of the warriors which is kind of the first time i ever heard of this game oh, okay but let's talk about what it is let's describe it so that people know exact because i this game is not hugely famous or anything yeah if you don't know what this game is it is what is called a beat em up yeah in the 90s we had franchises that were all completely stupid titles that like were I mean, kind of descriptive, but super yeah. weird. Beat 'em up being one of them. Run and gun was another genre gun. title. Like so, so many yeah. genres that are like. I mean, if anything, I kind of miss that being uh, the style, which was like if a video game. Video game is a new kind of art form. It should have a new kind of genre. Why let it be right. action? Why adv adventure is the least descriptive thing ever. Every all, every game is an adventure game, if you ask me. So. In some ways, I think beat 'em up is stupid, but in others, it's kind of brilliant. And I wish more games yeah. were instead of. And nowadays, it's just like everything is a Dark Souls like or a Tears of the Kingdom like or whatever. Right Every, now, everything is just <laughs> comparative, and there are no longer genres. Yeah, I mean, it's always had that problem. It's always been like this. Yeah, but I do. I like the thing I like with what you were saying is there's like two types of. Of genre names there's the genre names that try to describe exactly what the player does in like <laughs> yeah. three words and then there's the genre names that are like kind of trying to take direction from like film and literature and that's how we get like adventure being like a genre um even though it doesn't really make sense for yeah. like what the player is doing the player is always on some kind of adventure right um but i i would say i do like the idea of uh, you know, beat em up being the philosophy for all video game genres. Like, yeah. whereas, like, you know, Mario would be a, a jumping shroom yeah. or something, you know, like a, <laughs> like a. I mean, even platformer is good, right? Platformer is in that same, in that same territory where it's like you go from platform yeah. to platform. It should be like a, 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 a platform jumper or something, but, but still, right. it's, it, it, I, these things I think check out to me. So the Ninja Warriors is a beat em up. Um, the thing that makes the Ninja Warriors uh, interesting as compared to other beat-em-ups is most beat-em-ups allow a certain amount of up-and-down movement, yeah. which leads to, um, well, it leads to a variety of things. Like, like there's a lot of screen real estate that's taken up by the idea of up-and-down movement, so the environments can get really interesting and kind of like yeah. scroll uh, up and down and then left and right. right. It's like pretty cool, Honestly, actually. The, the difficulty of it is the fact that you're even calling it up and down movement is like in part the problem I have with most beat-em-ups is because what up and down is is meant to be forward and back, like closer to the screen and further away. Sure. But in a 16-bit era that these games are coming from, an 8-bit before and everything, you know, all you can do is go kind of up the screen and down the screen uh, yes. to, to signify further and closer away. But uh, it... 
can be really hard to distinguish exactly like what plane you're on and what plane mm-hmm. an enemy is on, especially if you've jumped and the shadow is like maybe not apparent sure. or whatever. And so then like my, my main plat or my main beat em up experience is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Uh, and all the time in that game, I'm going for a punch and oops, I'm like four pixels too high. I'm not on the same. I'm not on the right parallax uh, to hit right. that enemy. Yeah. So it's a little silly up and down yeah um i think there are a lot of games that have up and down movement um that are beat-em-up style games that i like a lot we're going to talk about streets of rage later this year i think that's a fantastic series of games with excellent music but the ninja warriors is not like that it is instead only side to side movement no up or down plane at all it's almost like the it, it, it is the mario approach Literally, all the character does is go from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen, um, and people appear to try and stop you from doing that. Um, Now, that makes it sound like there's not a lot of variety to the movement. Locking it down that way, I think, actually gives you more variety because now ducking, like like crouching, is like a bigger deal strategically. Jumping feels very strategic, and like it kind of makes it so that the action is slower and like more considered i feel like than uh something like teenage mutant Ninja turtles yeah. turtles in time i mean if anything it almost takes it out of the realm of beat em up for me and it's just a side scrolling fighting game which is really what beat em ups are anyways like that like if we right. go further back we introduce the up and down to like oh make more going on but this game definitely just feels like I have like a move kit. I can do kind of X number of things based on what I do with the control. Like it's very, and, and most beat em ups have this same kind of thing where there's like movement styles you can do to do different uh, types of attacks. But this feels even more just like authentically like a side scrolling Street Fighter or a side scrolling Mortal right. Kombat. And, and you're only versus the computer. You're not fighting a, a, a friend. And, and if anything, it for me, uh, felt like it was really opening me up to fighting games like this was kind of a the style of game i've been looking for to kind of onboard me a little bit more onto fighting right. games this is such a good little stepping stone into understanding the language of fighting games is, is what i started to feel yeah well and i'll say it's kind of, it's interesting that this game is as good as it is because it is actually a sequel to an arcade game uh, that is that was also called the Ninja Warriors, which yeah. is why the Japanese title is the Ninja Warriors again, which I think is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had a gimmick, and it's a really interesting gimmick. And I've never, I, I sadly never played this arcade game. Um, if you emulate it, you're not going to get this experience, which is kind of a cool thing to note. Um, but the way that the arcade game worked was it had three CRTs, so it was an extra wide wow. screen. Yeah. So the idea that yeah yeah we're not moving up and down but the field of of play is vast and it's we are huge. seeing the enemies coming from a long ways away yeah. uh, with this kind of extra wide uh, kind of gimmick it's sort of similar to the um, X Men arcade game yep. gimmick of having two CRTs right next to each other so that we have but that that's like more real estate so that we can have more players playing the game this is just like a regular ass arcade game that just happens to have a lot of room for stuff happening feels prestigious feels considered and and like you know (laughs) i'm going to go play the ninja warriors it's the nice high class arcade game (laughs) yeah i mean it's 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 got a gimmick but it's using it uh eloquently or maybe not eloquently is the right word i it's it's a luxury. It's 
it's three screens just because we just want that space for it. Um, but no, so so in early 1994, this game uh, comes out on the Super Nintendo, um, and it is covered widely. I would say every magazine that we're looking at covers it in some form. Mm -hmm. However, it's not covered loudly. Yeah, it's kind of quietly murmured about. <laughs> As being good, yeah, yeah. like all of these magazines just say it's good, right. but then allocate very little real estate yeah. to it. It's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's very weird. They're screaming about Earthworm Jim and Donkey Kong Country. Oh, by the way, Ninja Warriors is probably one of the best games of the year. Anyways, yeah. let's talk about Streets of Rage 3 and this and right. that. <laughs> I've got, here's, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with talking about EGM, how they covered it. Um, because EGM, I think, is the best uh, example of this. So in uh, in EGM, if you don't know, Electronic Gaming Monthly, uh, every issue, they would have this like kind of top 10 editors list where yeah. the editors would just kind of say, like, here are like our top 10 games right now. Mm -hmm. And it was a cool snapshot uh, of their current taste, the taste of the panel, basically. Um, but it didn't it wasn't very informative. It would just be a list of games. Now, in the March issue in 1994, the Ninja Warriors is the number one game on their top 10. And it's been on the top 10 for five months. Obviously, they've been sent some sort of advanced copy or maybe uh -huh. they have the Japanese version. I have no idea. Um, because, and actually, I do think it is the Japanese version because they list the game as the Ninja Warriors again yeah. because I guess that's what they think the, the English title is going to be. Um, so they obviously like it haven't said a word about it, right? <laughs> they haven't even bothered to say what's good about this right. game. It's just on these lists. So you're just seeing it like, oh, I guess that's good. Whatever that is. I don't know what that is. And then it's not until the April issue that they review it at all. And they don't review it in their big blurb style. <laughs> they review it on the side of the page. They give it an accolade. They call it the editor's choice gold yeah. uh, choice of, the, of this month. Uh, and yeah, I can just read you the whole review. Here's their review. This is what it used to be like, y'all. Um, so this is apparently a very important game. Five five people reviewed it. Um, they gave it an eight, an eight, an eight, an eight, and a nine. So they like it. <laughs> yep. And then here's the whole review. This is the best side-scrolling fighting game yet. The three fighters are excellent, and they actually require technique. The showing of your metal side in the arcade is gone. But that is only a minor quibble. Great job, guys. <laughs> great job, like, guys. What? I want more what? reviews Did you... to end with great job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> great job, guys. Wow. Oh, man. We have a new... Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's so... excellent. And it's their gold award. And this is the only thing they have said about it or will go on to say about it. Like, yeah. for yeah. ever, basically. Right. So this game is good, but we have no time to talk about it. It almost seems like, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not putting on a tinfoil hat, but it almost seems like back in the day, you had to pay to get covered a lot. <laughs> and maybe Taito just didn't have any money for yeah, these guys. Right. So they were like, yeah, the game's awesome, but we have no time to talk about it because <laughs> it, they we're not being paid to do that. So therefore the coverage will be brief. It was covered merely based on quality, yep. right? Like, I feel like that's right. what we're seeing. And this yeah. is something that I think happened a lot back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Further coverage. I mean, GamePro, you see it. Graphics 4.5, Sound 4, Control 4, Fun Factor. Love a Fun Factor. 4.5 4 out of 5, Challenge, Intermediate. 
uh, and yeah. that's the only blurb you ever get from GamePro. One little teeny tiny box in the corner from them. Uh, they do no. They they have a they have a larger spread, uh, but it's mostly uh, describing how to play the game and oh, trying to just right. teach you how to play. I it. do remember looking at that. Actually. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I remember there being there were yeah there were there were little bits here and there. But I mean, I, I what I find fascinating about all of it is yeah, like how highly reviewed it is. But honestly, too. Uh, and the, the vibe I got when, like, researching about this game was it coming out. And the reason earlier I called it a remake is, it like, doesn't this game feel like it it coming out as a sequel? Everyone's just like, yeah, I mean, it's it's the Ninja Warriors again. Like, the title betrayed itself or something where everybody's like, well, I mean, we yeah. don't have to review that. We don't have to talk about that game. Everybody knows about the Ninja Warriors. The Everybody already from knows Four that years game. ago or six years ago or whatever it is. Like, it, they, it, everything comes off as if, well, we couldn't actually dedicate page real estate to this thing everybody just kind of you just kind of know about it just is sitting there in the background uh it, it, it'd be like it'd be like a modern magazine having like a four-page spread on the last of us to remaster right where it'd be like that's we that would mm -hmm. be weird to do because it's just the remaster of that game is the right. vibe i get from all of these magazines yeah except for that is not accurate exactly it's all. not true like, <laughs> yeah the original arcade game like i mean it's it's pull them up pull up the original arcade game look at Look at the graphics of the yeah. original arcade game. Not to say that they're bad, but maybe they're not great mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And then compare that to the Super Nintendo version that I think looks beautiful. Yeah, like it's, it's excellent. Very, very good sprite work. Um, and like mechanically, the game just feels so good. I don't want to get into uh, our review of it yet. Let's sure. talk about the last bit of coverage and then we can kind of talk about what we think. The only person or the only magazine that covered it in depth, I would say, is Game Fan. Mm -hmm. We have not talked much about Game Fan. Game Fan is kind of your most weeb leaning <laughs> magazine. Is this and the one this... where you you have been getting into it? You're like, wait, I didn't I didn't read Game Fan yeah. when I was younger, and Hunter's becoming like a I'm a Game Fan person. <laughs> game Fan's cool because they're kind of they're pretentious, uh -huh. I would say, and but it's fun because yeah. these other magazines are not pretentious. Yeah. They are actually they're being very kind of dude bro about it. They're being very like, you know, eat Cheetos right. every day right. about it. And Game Fan is, they they seem a little, they're a little stuffy. Yeah. Um, and they're very interested in what's going on in Japan, which can be like maybe a little off-putting and also lead to some like problematic stuff sure. um, because of how people, how right. a lot of these guys would write about Japan back in the 90s, yeah. like occasionally dipped into xenophobic stuff yeah. that does, that does where they don't even realize that they're being that. Um, but they covered it. Uh, pretty big time in their March issue in 1994. They've got a, a series of review blurbs. They have four review blurbs for it. So it is treated like a real game. I'm not going to read all the blurbs. They give it an 87%, an 86%, a 93%, a 92%. Yep. They use a 100 scale, baby. That's why I'm saying they're pretentious. <laughs> uh, and then they have a full page uh, that is a preview of it that features a lot of art and a very good description of what it is. So they yeah. are they are trying to to sell you on this being a good game yeah. uh, and it being a, a game of of quality. Yeah, I don't um, have them pulled up. There were there were also it's worth noting uh, some later because Europe didn't get this until way later. There are some European magazines that don't get this until you know they they don't show any coverage of it until way way later. I remember finding one uh that was uh if anything a somewhat helpful guide for me like I, I you know i was this time trying to do my earnest homework that i said i would do after Mega Man, which was like if a game is hard for me it doesn't need to be i need to go right. to these magazines and see if they offered up and that was part of my issue with 
this game being treated like a remake. Everybody talked about it like, well, you all know how to play Ninja Warriors. And it's like, no, but what about me? Hey, give me the thing that shows me, like, the combo or whatever. And, I, you know, I found the manual with the move set, and then I found uh, one magazine that did, that talked about the first three levels and was like, you should use this character on this level because he's good against this boss. And then this right. character's... And that was kind of helpful, except for... I think they were kind of phoning that in and just because uh, each character got a level and in the end, I didn't even find the character they recommended to be actually the the best one for that particular boss. So it wasn't like, it's not like a Mega Man counter, right? It's like not like sure. this character is amazing against this boss. They were just trying to like give you somewhere to start. And at least, you know, it, it, it helped me beat the first boss. And then from there, I, I changed up my strategy. But uh, yeah, I, that, that, that was a little bit helpful to get some some strategy advice yeah well i want to talk a little bit about history personal history yep. um we've sort of already mentioned it but i sure. did not play this game in 1994 i played a lot of beat-em-ups but this did not come up um i liked beat-em-ups my theory is that there was a very cool video game rental store uh that we would go to a lot in pine bluff um and i have a weird feeling that they had this game really but if you look at the Super Nintendo cover, well, this guy had like everything. Yeah, it was just owned so. by this weird guy who had like, he had a collection of arcade cabinets in the back that you could play. And then he just had a bunch of games that really leaned heavy on Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo section I remember was an yeah. entire wall and then it wrapped around on a shelf. Wow. And then the Genesis selection was like two shelves. Basically. <laughs> it was much smaller. Um, so I feel confident that he may have had this. But when I look at the box art, it is, and I'm not criticizing it now. I actually think it's very classy. My adult eyes look at it and I'm like, this is this is cool, okay? But it kind of looks a little adult. Yeah. And I feel like, so maybe my parents would have been a little squeamish on it. Mm -hmm. And then also, it's not very dynamic. It's yeah. just the three playable ninjas well, and then very cool font above it. But that's all you got. You got to remember too, Hunter. I mean, to, to almost your point about game fan and everything, this game was like getting marketed at at like older proper gamers uh, as opposed mm -hmm. to the children of the era because I mean the ninjas in this game are not Kawasaki ninjas like at all. I mean they're they're hardly <laughs> hardly a Kawasaki ninja on the they're cover. They're hardly Kawasaki. You compare ninjas. this to the VHS box art of three ninjas. No 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 no. No. Not the same at all. Not the same thing. Not and I did colors. love the three ninjas. Loved the three ninjas. Uh, I loved Colt. I loved Rocky. I loved Tom Tom. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Um, I got to ask you this, though, Matt. In 1994, or whatever we're using as sure. your earlier, you know, when you're years. you're a little a little boy. Yar. Uh, what, besides the turtles, is it just the turtles? No, is that it's not beat -em just the world? turtles. Are there other uh, beat-em-ups? I also, there's only one other beat-em-up I ever played. Uh, I never played any arcade beat em ups. I never went to arcades. I have no, I have no arcade experience in my in my history. But I would often rent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and my brother and I would rent the Final Fight Double Dragon combo cartridge yeah. all the time. And I really love. I have not played it in decades, but I l remember loving Double Dragon, even to the extent that. My brother and I probably almost beat that game, if if I remember right. right. Like, I remember playing a lot of Double Dragon. Uh, so those are my only other experiences uh, in the genre ever. And and it would it would die with the SNES as well, right? I mean, we, you, you just don't really get games like this once the 16-bit era goes away uh, until these more recent revitalizations. 
Yeah, there's there's a play the really good restaurant in uh, Portland that I think is I think it's just called Double Dragon, and then uh, inside they have a Double Dragon uh, arcade uh, cabinet. That's cool. Um, very very cool spot. Uh, I used to eat there all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay, so so that's our old school 1994 take on the Ninja Warriors. But what about today? Yeah. What about in preparation for this episode? What you know, what did we experience? And also, where is the beat-em-up right now? Yeah. We've, we're kind of in a heyday of the beat-em-up nostalgia machine. Right. That I think, in a way, the Ninja Saviors, the, the remake of this game, uh, actually sort of kicked off. Because that comes out in 2019. Yeah. And then in 2024, or sorry, in 2020, we have Streets of Rage 4, which I loved a lot. Yeah. And then in 2022, we've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which we covered on this show. Yep. And I think we all liked it a lot. Liked it a lot. Yeah. 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 I, so you, you mentioned earlier that Ninja Saviors was the game that actually turned you on to this. I'd ne- I've not ever heard of Ninja Saviors. So what do you recall kind of being like, what was the news surround? I mean, was it just like, oh my gosh, they, they really revitalized this, this game. Like nobody used, you know, nobody talks about anymore. I think it was just really novel, yeah. the idea of bringing the beat-em-up back. Yeah. And to me, I think in 2019, that was enough for it to catch my eye. Yeah. Because it's not really a thing, you know, now we just kind of listed it as a bit of a trend, but even in that trend, I'm just talking about three games. Yeah. So it's still pretty novel. Um, but in 2019, it just kind of registered for me as like, oh, that's cool. And then when Streets of Rage 4 came out, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Now I'm very excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm down for some more. I think beat-em-ups are a really satisfying genre of game. Even if they are a little bit dinky, mm-hmm. never really like, they're never really quite as like strategic as like, like, okay, if 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 for strategic action combat, you're using something like Sekiro as your North Star, mm-hmm. I would say beat 'em ups are on the whole opposite end of it yeah. uh, for well, the most part. And, and also, too, I mean, I feel like that's what you're seeing in this revitalization. I've not played Streets of Rage 4, but uh, Shredder's Revenge was so forward about wanting to to really get you in on the fighting game side of it and like there are moves and you're going to unlock more moves mm-hmm. as you play the game and we want like it it really feels like there was this undercurrent if you, i think i think beat em ups are from an era where you just kind of got it <laughs> you, you just got it or you mm-hmm. didn't you just played a lot of beat em ups and it's the same thing with fighting games i think where the ecosystem kind of facilitated itself right it's it's you just you were into fighting games and so then every fighting game that came out was building off of your knowledge of other fighting games and they all played somewhat similarly and Mm -hmm. you know after decades that became a really hard onboarding thing and for beat-em-ups before they could ever go through like a new era they just died instead so they especially feel like this relic of just like these games that don't explain themselves to you and there's actually hidden little strategies to them, but you wouldn't, you know, know it if you're stupid like me. I go, you know, two years ago, if I went to Arcadia and played the X-Men game, I don't know how to play that freaking game. I don't know how to do anything of note or of substance in that game, but there are 
like some semblance of moves and things you can do that I'm really bad at. There are. There's not a I lot. I don't know. Not to, don't not. Know. I'm not talking to like the extent. I of, think like, you a might be projecting a little bit here, but there's I a just move list say, like, on the dainty. board in front of you. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean, I, but... I agree with you that they're rudimentary in in how much they offer, and that is the problem. And that's what I'm saying is they never got to go through like a late 90s and early 2000s continuation to like further explore that space and that's yeah. what's happening now is is people are going you know there's something to the format even if it still feels old and that's kind of what we're building off of is this just the nostalgia of this this side scrolly you kind of go up and down forward and back thing but what if we yeah. added some actual depth to the gameplay uh rather than it just being like designed as a quarter sink yeah, I think it's also, I mean, it's tough because I feel like they transformed into the, like, character action games of, like, the 2000s, like Ninja Gaiden right. and uh, d uh, uh, Devil May Cry and mm -hmm. Bayonetta, stuff like that. Um, and I feel like that actually is, like, just fundamentally, like, more interesting and, mm -hmm. and more compelling than the side-scrolling mm -hmm. beat-em-up. And in a way that, like, 2D platformers, I, still, I think, still very much maintain, like, their own thing. Yeah. Like, the 3D platformer feels like such a far cry yeah. from the 2D one. Right. Whereas, fundamentally, I do think a lot of this is more fun in 3D. But, that all being said, to make this conversation about the Ninja Warriors yes. again, yep. uh, I think that because they've locked it down to one plane, because it's slower... Because it's methodical and considered, and honestly, you don't really have that many options for ways to attack yeah. the game. It feels really good yeah. and not, to me, very, like, janky in a way that sometimes, no. like, Streets of Rage feels. Right. Yeah, I, I would say there's, like, barely an inch of jank on this thing. <laughs> like, yeah. that's how smooth yeah. uh, it is. It's uh, a prime my, cut. Yeah. <laughs> I, my experience with this game was... Uh, I did the thing. I had picked it up. You put it on kind of just our things to look out for for this year list. This I'm talking before we even recorded our anticipated list. Mm -hmm. I picked up and I played like the first level or two of this game. And it was really hard. Like so hard for me. I barely got past the first boss after like a bunch of trying. And then the second boss was just absolutely kicking my ass. And there was nothing I... And I was just like, All right, I'm setting this aside because it's not like on the docket it's not our next game i'll come right. back to this we'll figure it out later and then before i went back to it i did what i was saying earlier i actually did my my little let's pretend i'm a kid in 94 and i've got magazines and this magazine got me hyped right. for it and it's got this little blurb about this and i'm gonna and i'm gonna you know pull up the manual and learn which character i really want to to play as and um it was still hard but i was able to start figuring it out and um i even the the second boss, you gave me a tip. We got to play a little bit of the playground <laughs> methodology mm -hmm. too. I I went to my friend Hunter who had beaten the game, and I said, "Okay, I can't figure out the second boss." And you gave me a couple tips, and like from there, the kind of whole game unlocked itself to me. I hit one more pretty big hurdle. There's like a boss, maybe stage six out of eight or something. Uh, was was another really hard one, but I would say. The levels themselves are not very hard. Um, right. Pretty much at all, you just kind of walk through and kill stuff. They do add fun little environmental hazards. The worst, though, is there's a there's two levels where rockets just drop drop from the sky and will hit you. And th 
like sometimes those rockets you're just getting hit sorry bud there's you're too slow to get out of the way mm-hmm. of the thing the guy punched you at the wrong time and now you're you know you you're you've stuttered for a second and then you're just going to get hit by the rocket and yeah that part is a little bit feel bad but the rest of the levels like everything is basically pretty fair i would say the only other issue i ever had from just like a gameplay perspective is how much of the game ends up getting played on the side of the screens <laughs> like you mm-hmm. you can you can be hitting enemies and let's say you get like three kind of stacked on top of each other and you do like a, a decent little combo and they launch back off the screen but they have more health so they're going to stand up and walk you can kind of just sit at the edge of the screen and keep hitting your punch button until you oh, start you hitting can edge them. guard you em. can just edge guard them and and a lot uh. of enemies and a lot of the game a lot of the levels of the games for me at least became about uh, the game is actually very nice to you, is what I eventually learned. The the in levels, it's not hard at all because uh, one wave will come at you from the right, and the one on the left will usually actually kind of wait a second. They'll wait about the length of a combo, <laughs> so you can mm-hmm. hit 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 a bunch on the right, and then immediately turn around, hit 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 a bunch on the left. The other guys will have gotten up and gotten back to you, and you can kind of just right left yeah. right left right it's got left, a rhythm. and you get you that rhythm up. to it. Yeah. And it's you know, it's fine. It's more interesting when the enemies are, are weirder. Uh, there's these weird little goblin mole dudes that are like yeah. wearing uh, like a, a headband or something. Those guys are funny because they jump and flip at you and stuff. Uh, but a lot of the other ones are just like things that walk towards you and you go kick their ass and then you're done. Um, but Yeah, I I liked the enemy variety. I yeah. will say that like for, for me, it was fun. We got the robots that you can't attack in the front. Yes. Um, we've got... A lot of different, just kind of like we've got the businessmen, yeah, and their the businessmen who will f- fly in from the side of the screen, doing like a yeah. like a hurricane kick at you, and you're yeah, like, ah! like <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fast businessmen, uh, the ninja ladies are fun. The aliens, uh, think, the freaky aliens towards the end, the alien ladies, yeah, those are weird. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I I I feel like if you compare it to Streets of Rage or Turtles' version of this is to have, here's a different type of enemy. It does one kind of attack. It just does this one attack. This is what it does. It does this one. And I felt like there was a little bit more nuance to what the Ninja Warriors was bringing. Um, Because, yeah, like the idea of, I'm going to have to get behind the robot in order to attack it at all. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing any damage. Uh, or the big guys that are like so much more susceptible to like a crouching strike yeah. uh, than they are to like a frontal assault. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I had enough variety and approach to where I could like. Now I didn't. I didn't think about the edge guarding thing. I wonder how I would have felt if I had done that. Yeah. Because well, and that that does sound kind of lame. Something <laughs> like, else I honest. wanted to speak to though is that also might be a difference of characters. So there are three characters you can play as in this game. There's a huge dude that's really yeah. really slow. And Rips, like chonker can't even jump. He has like shitty jetpacks and does weird jetpack mm-hmm. attacks. And he's harder to use, at least for me. There's uh the the blonde woman ninja in in a red jumpsuit. Uh, yeah, that dude. is kind of the main, you know, the the centerpiece of the game. And mm-hmm. then there's Kama Itachi, who's like a freaky fucked up alien robot. And that's yeah. the one I went with actually towards the end. But Part of his deal is actually he's got kind of the smallest move set. He doesn't really do that much. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why I ended up in this left right edge guarding thing is he like you can play most of the game with his basic attack and do nothing else fancy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so I played as uh, Kunoichi, uh, the the ninja lady. Yeah. 
Um, and I played the whole, I, I couldn't, every time I would switch, I would be like, I don't like this as yeah. much. So I was just like very into playing as her. Uh, she's fast. I feel like she's got like, when she, uh, when she throws her opponents, she like uses her hair, uh, <laughs> to help with the throw. It doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, actually she's not using her hair, but it looks like she's using right. her hair to throw them. And I liked <laughs> that for my own head cannon. Uh, so I basically could not, uh, get away from that. Um, but I don't know. I found... I think that it is not like the the nature of the genre is not like very uh like even the best beat 'em up yeah is not the most important video game of all time <laughs> like sure. there there is no way for a beat 'em up to be a super important game. I feel like yeah. it's just a nature of the genre. It's a little it's a little bit hokey, it's a little too focused yeah. on this one thing. But I think what I like about the Ninja Warriors is that it focuses even more so than the normal uh like beat 'em up would would be focused and therefore it gets rid of a lot of the silliness yeah. and is more a straight up and down like this is a fighting game and it's slow it's heavy right. and it feels good well, and, and i like that and where it shines cuz i've i've kind of if anything been sounding maybe a little bit naysay about it that's just in the levels and that's against like the normal mobs the right. boss fights of this game are incredible. Like every yeah, single one of them is very good. At first blush, every time you're like, what the fuck am I going to do against this yeah, guy? Am what I am I even <laughs> supposed to do? Like, what are you even talking about? He has a massive chainsaw. What on earth yeah. could I possibly do? And you just got to sit there and be in the space and, and lose a bunch of times. And thankfully, this game doesn't have a life system. And it's got no. one or two checkpoints per level. A lot of the levels, the checkpoint is at the boss. Like there's, yep. there'll be like a midway and then a checkpoint just when you're at the boss. So it's, it's actually chill. incredibly it's very chill. chill, very forgiving, yeah. which means then the bosses, yeah, there's times when it's like, there's no, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. But you do it six times and it, oh, that, you know, six times meaning two minutes of your time, right. basically. And then you start to figure it out. And yeah, every single time, the bosses seemed crazy to me, and then you just learn it, and you learn it a little bit more. Uh, there there was, again, only one, and I can't even remember it at this point. I remember texting you again, though, where I was just like, I am I might not get past this hurdle. Like, I, that, this is finally, this one's doing me in, and then, like, right after I texted you. Is it the boss with the you. two guys? There's like, Probably, there's like, yeah. There's a boss where you fight, like, two guys at once, and it can be, like, kind of overwhelming. It's, like, the second to last yeah. boss, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and then the, the game final, is not very long. The also, game's not. There's eight day. stages, and the the final boss is the one that actually kind of annoyed me, which is just because the final boss like throws all of the other gameplay out the window yeah. and is like, you have to grab everybody and throw them at the center of the screen. Throw them at the dude in the center. There's like a dude encased in a glass like control panel, and you and and to grab in this game, you just walk up to a guy like you just walk up to them and as long as you keep walking into them you'll then grab, you grab. Them. Mm -hmm. uh and and then you can flip them over your shoulder or whatever and so then the final boss like for a while you're sitting there and you're fighting mob after mob i mean i i did a whole wave of kicking what i thought was the boss's ass because while he's sitting in this thing and he's just throwing mobs at you over and over and over again and you right. go through a whole wave i went through two and a half cycles of every single enemy that exists in the game what beating them trying to figure out am i doing damage like is am i getting any sort of progress here what's going on and then i finally accidentally threw one and saw the glass chink and i was like oh my god i've just been sitting here beating up wow. dudes for forever uh, and then and then figured out what to do and and you know you it took maybe like two more tries to like 
beat the actual boss. But it was such a like, I haven't been doing this all game. Like I'm not doing the throw stuff so much. And and you're suddenly asking oh, me to do an entire guys. throw. <laughs> Yo, throwing, I'm all about throwing guys. Like, if I can throw a guy like that's. I mean, that's my favorite thing about the Turtles game is, like, throwing yeah. the guys into the camera. I never know how um, to do that is my problem in Turtles in Time. I never learned how to do that reliably. It's always a random thing that happens for me. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head how to do it, but I know that whenever I figure it out, I just love doing it over yeah. and over. It's so right. funny just throwing dude after dude <laughs> right into the screen. I think my experience with that fight was, like, because I just didn't, I, I immediately recognized that like, oh, I'm not doing any damage to him. Yeah. Why is that? And then I, I just pulled up a long play to see what you had to do. Oh, yeah. And then I saw that you throw it and then immediately yeah. was like, but yeah, I mean, there was no way I was going to, I was like, you, there's the life bar is visible. Yeah. I have to be able to hurt him or yeah. whatever. I've been really trying to avoid modern solutions to my problems with these games. And I've been trying to find old solutions to the problem. So I'm still trying to find guides and stuff, but I'm like, looking up very, very old ga game FAQs and looking up materials to show me things of how to beat these Why? games. Because I, I don't, I just, honestly, for some of these things, it's because uh, the the watching, because with plenty of other games in, in the history of the show, I will always have the long play pulled up. And I'm not like averse to it in general, but with right. certain games, it becomes just that. And then I'm not even solving the problems from it. Like, and then I'll skip ahead. Oh. I'd stop using it to solve problems and I just start skipping ahead. And it's like a thing I can't stop myself from doing. So I, I've been trying okay. to keep those things set aside so that I don't cheat myself out of it you know if it if it was a way bigger game i'd probably have the long play pulled up but for these little like these essentially arcade games it i don't i don't see the value in it i'm, I'm trying to find like text documents to sort of nudge me towards the right answer rather than than seeing it uh you know in a video yeah i mean i rarely i rarely pull up stuff like that but if i do it's literally just to see like an exact what am I moment missing? yeah and then right. i don't need don't need anything else yeah um yeah but i mean i i respect that for the project uh for the sake of the project it makes sense because then maybe you'll bring in stuff that like i would have missed because i'm not gonna like look up all right. of the walkthroughs or whatever yeah. i i find you know what i don't like about that though is if i if i'm scrubbing through a long play and i'm looking for an exact moment i can look at just that moment yep. if i'm looking at a magazine gonna spread all this i'm other... gonna get a lot of information that i just don't want sure. i don't want to know that or yep. whatever so it helps me to be able to just zoom in on just what i need yeah and that's it a lot of times if if i use a long play it'll also be about a thing of like i think i'm doing it right and it's not working. Yes. But I have no other ideas. Only a long play lo solves that yeah. problem. Only yes. the long play. Yes. No guide has ever solved that problem for me. Yeah. But the long play, it's like, okay, I was in that spot. I walked up there. I did that. It's just that. I did that. All right, fine. I'll go do it again and make sure it works right. this time. Or whatever. Well, it's always you are doing it right, but there's just one yeah. little aspect of it yes. that you're missing or doing wrong or whatever. Um, but yeah, so... The Ninja Warriors. What do we want to do with yeah. this game? Well, well, first of all, I don't want to do the same. I don't, we don't need to do the same bits every single no, time. I sure. do not need to write. No, um, it's fine. A EGM style review of this game, uh, but I do think uh, because we did not do Game Fan when it came to Mega Man, mm -hmm. so I think this week we should out of one hundred rate this game. What would you give this game out of one hundred? Wow. And I'm interested in knowing what that would be. I, I pretty much already know 
what mine is and it's it's definitely higher than yours and it's it's probably a little too high but i just want to say it in order to emphasize like how much i like this game yeah i think that this is if you don't play beat em ups this is the beat em up i would recommend that everybody Absolutely. play over yes. the stuff that's really popular yep. i think you should play this actually yeah. instead yeah. of that and this is that my way of saying it would be uh my review number um i can i can go ahead and give mine and then you can you can give yours because it seems like you're still thinking about yeah it. Absolutely. i would give the ninja warriors a 95 percent out of 100 damn holy uh, cow I, I would be more positive on it than any of the yeah. people in game fan by a little bit yeah um i think that i think the sprite work is really awesome it is yeah i think it, the slowness of it is like i i really wish i played this game when i was a kid when i was obsessed with beat-em-ups this game would have been like my number one yeah. game. Like the there is a time in my life where this world. would have been my favorite game. Yeah. The and the style of the world is honestly, it's so funny. Like we described some of these enemies. Yeah. Like it is nonsensical. It's this goofy world. The story, we didn't talk about the story at all. It's hilarious. There there's yeah. like a weird alien sort of cyberpunk fascist state going on and you are some robots that are leading the uprising and 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 your version of leading the uprising is we're gonna go kick his ass <laughs> like it's just yeah, like let's go storm his big building you're and, just kicking and, ass and the bad guy <laughs> is a businessman yeah. uh so it's very hard to relate to the times we live in <laughs> so it's a big kind of uh you know big businessman guy yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and here's my other question too. Does your when you when you think of numbers, especially out of a hundred, are you uh, earlier in this very episode you said, and I know you were kidding, but also you weren't, uh, that an eighty-six that's bad. That's in games journalism speak. An eighty-six is not so great. You know, a, a, a truly great game must score higher. Like, where does your where do you go when you want to give a game at an, an out of a hundred score? No, I. I think if I say a game is like a 70, like, no, no, no. I, I'm not adjusting my numbers yeah. to the inflation right. of the culture. You and I uh, both I like a 75 is what is like what we're both in fine. agreement on. Like I think a 70 is, a 70 is, is cool good. Yeah. I, I think it does. It, it really, I mean, it's like, it's like school. Yeah. You don't really get bad until we're getting like a D yeah. or an F, yeah. you know, like, and even a D or an F might be interesting right. or have some angle of it that is good. Yeah. It's only once we get to like literally, if I give something, you know, a one, that means I think it's trash, <laughs> yeah. basically. We all know, like, uh, ju just like I know, as long as it's an AP class, a D is still passing. A D counts yeah. as a C, baby. <laughs> 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 an experience and i know all too well right it's yeah you 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 really milked that technicality quite a bit um yeah and i think i i think that for me i also rate things like in the spirit of what it is yeah i don't rate i'm not rating if i'm giving something a rating yeah it's for this kind of experience, how much did I like that? Yes. Yeah, you can't rate um, the entire, like all beat-em-ups will never get above a 90. Like that's not very That doesn't make fair. sense. There sh yeah. It should be possible for a beat-em-up to get a 100%. Yes. And I think I know what my 100% would be, but what I love about this one is that aspect I was just talking about, which is that if you've never played one, yeah. and I realize it's not the sexy one, you've never heard of it probably, mm -hmm. I think this is the one you should play. Yeah. Like, 
like legit yeah. i think this is the one to start there's basically with. two paths i go down with that kind of recommendation where it's like i just want to check this out or especially like i said if you like have never gotten your brain wrapped around fighting games i think you should play this if you're looking for the actual just like sit down most fun time and you're talking about a situation where you're gonna have friends then it's shredder's revenge then i'm just like and, and i mean that's sure. not fair because i'm talking about like a modern thing but yeah, yeah. Those are my well, it two. has multiplayer. This does yeah. not have multiplayer, right. which is something that it gets slammed for in all of the reviews yeah. uh, is that has no co-op multiplayer. It would not um, feel I, good, though. This game would suck with multiplayer in the way yeah, that it would it be works. weird. It, it, it doesn't <laughs> maybe, have the screen space. Maybe if it. it was on the arcade with the three screens, right? Like if it was that wide screen, I can understand sure. two characters being on screen at once. But beyond that, it doesn't make any sense. I'll give my score and I want to be in the kind of like 84 range. I almost as oh, a I'm joke was going to say 86. I was almost going to say 86 as a joke because we started this saying Prince of Persia Lost Crown is an 86 and and yeah. that's bad. Uh I I you know, I did not hate this game. I I had frustrations with it, but like I said, it was never actually jank. It was never something right. stupid getting in my way and it was a a game that seemed hard and then i absolutely overcame it uh by the end uh i don't think i mastered the game i think i found an easier character and a, and a few cheap gimmicks to get through levels but that's right what these kind of games sometimes are about so yeah no i i think like an 84 is is where i would be at yeah i think that makes sense do we is this a list game do we that put has this been on the, the one question i've been thinking about this whole time our only other beat em up on here is shredder's revenge and it yep. feels weird for like the modern beat em up to be the one on here. The only thing I'm thinking about is I know we're doing Streets of Rage 3 later this year. I know you're very excited to do Streets of Rage 3. Oh, yeah. Is it a situation where we put this on for now and then later Streets of Rage 3 just replace like kicks this off like it, it totally could. could. Uh, I in terms of the list being cool and making us look like cool podcast guys. Cool that's guys. like the number one argument to put this game on our list like there's a lot yeah. of stuff that just doesn't we're especially it's really not fair because we're still in this era of there's a lot of shit we just want to kick off straight up and right down. so almost every week it's like yeah i want to put this on the list because i don't need all three mass effects on the list or whatever like there's there's like 12 games that fit that kind of bill of just like right chunk it out i don't need this and ninja warriors is way cooler so i i feel like we do it yeah, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> where where are we thinking? If we pull up that list, I I'll say this. I I do not want to. Here's what I think. I think we leave Shredder's Revenge on there. Yeah. We do not kick Shredder's it. Revenge off. Um, the game the list can have two beat 'em ups yeah. on it because one of them is on there because it's a good party game. Yep. And the other is on here because it's just a solid. It has game. solid fundamentals. Yep. Um. So ignoring Shredder's Revenge. Where would we put something like the Ninja Warriors? Or maybe first what we should say is what do we want to kick off? Sure. We should we should come to the agreement on, on what to kick off. Um I think man, there was something I kept thinking of last week, which was that and you're not gonna agree with this, but I just want to have it be said and then maybe it'll come up again someday. I, I think uh I I Journey to Silius being on the list will continue to feel weird to me at this point. Like I Journey mm -hmm. to Silius does not stand out to me as something on the list and now that like a mega man is on the list i mean they're not exactly the same thing and i'm not specifically proposing journey silius needs to go but like 
we're in this era where I feel like Journey to Silius's days are numbered. Uh, Go and, get me an NES game, and yeah, I will right, kick right. Journey to Silius <laughs> off. I, I, I well, won't it won't happen this year, I guess. I don't know when I'll be getting around to an NES game. <laughs> no, we can get an, an off-topic moment where we're specifically targeting Journey to Silius for yeah. deletion. Right. Um, I think that could be that could that could work. I'm looking. Here's what I'm looking at. Killer Instinct. Because we're going to give Killer Instinct possibly another shot at the end of the year with the arcade version. Do we want to go ahead and kick the Super Nintendo version off? It would also keep our Super Nintendo ratio exactly yeah. the same, which I'm not saying I'm not saying that we have to keep the Super Nintendo sure. ratio the same. But it's going to get bloated this year. And Genesis gonna get is going to get bumped up. Well, although Genesis needs to be bumped up, so that's fine. But it yeah, the, the, the SNES. I'm interested in that. I feel bad because I know EJ will feel weird about it. And I'm also like how, like, we keep saying we'll do Killer Instinct later this year, but I'm like, like, do we have any guarantee we're going to find a Killer Instinct cabinet? I'm not so sure. We'll be in a bigger, well, I'll be in a bigger city. I don't know what kind of arcades there are in Minneapolis, and I, who knows uh, they, if somebody's they got, got a some good instinct. ones. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do have good. Uh, I don't know for certain that they have a cabinet for it, but I bet we could find it in Minneapolis. Yeah. I'm like very close. That's to my certain. fear, though, with kicking Killer Instinct for the SNES off is just okay. that, that you know that we we have no guarantee that the Killer Instinct thing is going to happen to the degree that we actually want it to. Uh, so I I I don't want to kick Killer Instinct off yet. I also okay. don't want to piss off EJ, <laughs> and I'm afraid yeah. of him. So I get I, it. You're afraid of EJ because he you know he hurts you and stuff. <laughs> um, and you know the it, the listeners they should know that yeah. that he's actually uh, he hurts people. I said it last week though. Uh, I'm still interested in kicking Donkey Kong Country Three off. I don't see any reason for that to hang out. We know we'll be able to co cover Donkey Kong Country later this year, and if we're talking about right. keeping the SNES count level. I really don't see any reason Donkey Kong Country 3 needs to hang out. Uh, <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> I don't. I, I, I like Donkey Kong Country 3. Yeah. Although I like the Ninja Warriors more sure. than Donkey Kong Country. Well, and 3. it's to me, it's not even explicitly about that. There, there can be games that I like more than Ninja Warriors that are not as interesting on our list, right? Like I, I, yeah. Mass Effect 3 is a great example, uh, or or two or three. One of the Mass Effects could go. And I would be happy with losing it for the hundred oh, games do list. That, let's kill let's a Mass Effect, right? Please, <laughs> please, finally. We have all three of them on the list. That's useless information. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So here's all right. So I love this. Yeah, <laughs> we have to figure out what we do with series of games. Yeah, because like it doesn't make sense for it. Like let's say we kicked off Mass Effect two. And still, then basically by the, the idea of our list, we're recommending that you play the first Mass Effect and the third Mass Effect. No, we'll get there. Sense? At some point, we'll only okay. have one, right? At some point, okay. we'll just have Mass Effect 1 on the list, and that will be the only one, and it'll be like 85. Oh, I'm going to rally for three. Yeah, I'm I'll probably three is I'll, the one we I'll keep. probably be fine. With. Well, I love that we both just did that, though, because we know it's two that we're kicking off the list. <laughs> we just yeah, don't kiss, care at all. <laughs> let's kiss Mass Effect 2 goodbye. <laughs> it was one of the first games we covered. It was episode number seven. Yeah. Uh, so that would make it, and it was at number 73, so yeah. it's not even that high. No. And we can just, as far as I'm concerned, we could just throw Ninja Warriors right there. 73 sounds good to me. Um, I, I I like Ninja Warriors more than I like Mega Man X, is something I want to say just to, that's, to annoy people. Ooh, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I've been, honestly, my, my affinity for Mega Man X has grown <laughs> since since we did that episode. I, I, can, right. I continue liking it more and more. Uh, and like tinkering around in Mega Man X two and stuff just makes me like like all of it 
more. So I don't know if I can say I like Ninja Warrior. I don't think I like Ninja Warriors much that much less uh, in general. That's fair. So I'm fine with it going above it, but I I am I hesitate. Well, I just don't I don't want to put it above Sea of Thieves. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So okay, we'll do a Sea of Thieves exception. <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. What about this? What about this? Um so if we go down, there's like a cool me pocket yeah, over here, is. which I would say like Star Wars Shadows of the Empire and Aliens versus Predator 2. Yeah. Those are two like cool games that are really only here because I'm cool. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. So this is, and Ninja Warriors is kind of like a, we're only here because I'm a yeah. cool guy. Because right. I'm a cool podcast yes. guy. <laughs> um, whereas Matt's like, you know, like playing games after church. That's kind of like Matt's <laughs> vibe, you know? Um mommy and daddy have to approve uh so <laughs> if that's the case i would love to put it right above star wars shadow of the empire at number 80 the it would be the new number 82 and it would push star wars and everything below it down yeah let's do it actually i guess it would be the new 81 yeah the actually new, the new 81 right under mirror's edge and right above star wars shadows of the empire i like this i think this cool. is good uh and and i'm happy to see it see it sit there so there we go we have a new game on the list see yeah. y'all were y'all were scared for nothing the list is not going i bet this whole year every game we put on this uh like every game we talk about i bet it goes on the list <laughs> pretty much yeah. <laughs> yeah um the list is gonna have a fun time because this year we're gonna be it's gonna be about cycling out the stuff that is kind of crap and then next year it will just be 100 really good games. Yeah. And that's when it will kind of get really, I think, tense whenever it's like somebody's like, I want to add this yeah. to the list. It'll be like, where? How? Like right yeah. now, what are you talking about? We're arguing over which game to kick off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, like right. we're, we're <laughs> we not can't even get on these the... things out the door fast enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, goodbye, Mass Effect 2. Uh, bad game. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just a bad game. Now, it's been a while since I've played it. Uh, but when I played it, I played all the DLC. I played it whole hog. I, I 100%ed it. Yeah. And I did not like doing that. Yeah. And I just want to say that again. I want to take some time on this podcast to frustrate the people that I know will be frustrated by that. Mm. But I just want to say, I don't like playing so much of that. Yeah. And I, so much of it felt ill-considered and not just very fun on a moment-to-moment basis. I think of it as like, for its time, it was doing everything solidly, but it's less interesting than the first Mass Effect mm-hmm. and less mechanically polished than Mass Effect 3. So it's yeah. like, it is the equilibrium in many ways of the whole series and why people are like, that's the one. It has none of the weird Fallout of 3, none of the weird jank of 1. But for our list, that's why it's not interesting. It's just like yeah. a pretty good AAA game or like a, even a, even like a great AAA game. But especially for me, that means nothing. I could care less yeah. about great AAA games. <laughs> that, 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 those are a dime a dozen to me and, and they don't interest me. Yeah, it sort of has a Last of Us Part 1 problem of being like, oh, this just seems crafted to please critics. <laughs> and instead, we're kind of looking for more of a Last of Us Part 2 thing, something crafted to not please a lot of people, yeah. except for freaks, be freaky, basically. be freaky and yeah. weird. Well, yeah. delightful. Uh, what what a fun adventure uh, this is. This is proving to be. Uh, I'm I'm very much enjoying the process of how we go through these things. So yeah, uh, man, kudos to kudos to us, huh? <laughs> right, kudos to us. Um, 
we should uh let's let's go ahead and thank the poor richard's sure. almanac uh i don't want to thank our poor richard's almanac npc aaron anatroc cardinal billy brendan if then dm anonymous jukebox hero magnanimous teddy's jam for you and zest appeal thank you all yeah. very much for supporting the show um so we are i just want to go ahead and talk about this a little bit we are uh going to dip into the realm of making bonus content we've mm -hmm. had a lot of ideas for things to talk about when it comes to old gamers almanac a lot of stuff that would involve me and like one of the uh i would say like kind of extended universe characters uh -huh. of oga um and we, a long time we've for a long time said that we would never want to put content behind a paywall um and i still i still feel a little bit like uh, i don't want to put anything behind a paywall but i also don't necessarily want to clog the feed with lots of material that might not really be in the exact yeah. tone of what this project is. Right. So for a while, you might be getting a, a bonus feed. Yeah. That is, if you're in the Patreon, you can hear these kind of bonus episodes. We are um, going to be talking about Sonic uh, the Hedgehog 3 yep. uh, very soon because it's the 30th anniversary of Sonic 3. And I kind of couldn't help but play Sonic 2, <laughs> Sonic 1, and Sonic CD. So I have now, I've played all of those games wow. recently, and I could not stop. And then I played all of them on my analog pocket. And then I bought Sonic Origins Plus, and I played <laughs> Sonic 3, Sonic 2, Sonic 1, and Sonic CD on my Steam Deck. Wow. So, because of that... <laughs> something has to happen. <laughs> Content I need must be to made. do something <laughs> yeah. with all of that. Right. <laughs> and I don't want this to become... We actually can't make this the Sonic show for a month. Yeah. In February, there's other stuff to talk about. Right. But I played those dang games. Yeah. So, I think we're going to do a Sonic 2 bonus episode yeah. uh, featuring myself and EJ... Uh, it will be in a Patreon feed, separate yeah. from the main feed. And I think as we go, we might just find opportunities to throw stuff in that. Um, if you want to hear it, then subscribe to the Patreon. Um, if you're like, oh, I'm annoyed that there's gated content. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like our version of this also is us being like, yeah, I mean, way less people will hear it if we say that it's yeah. a Patreon thing. Right. But also, I I. I have more time to play games than I have, like, and I have more desire to play games than I think makes sense for the weekly show. Yeah. And I have to do something with this extra effort right. Right. that I have. Yeah. Um. So that's, I don't know. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Well, and it's I, also, and maybe, we don't know. We are literally just sort of like pulling this out and thinking to do it this way for now. And maybe it's the kind of thing where it can be dropped in the feed in the future. Like sometimes there's just off weeks and we can like, this week, the, the you know, front, we're doing six months ago's Sonic 2 episode in right. the feed. Like here it is, you know, just just yeah. a delayed release kind of thing. I don't even know. So there's there's I think there's a lot of opportunities for this kind of a, an idea. And we're just trying to figure out what we want to do with it. But yeah, I, there's there's basically Hunter always messaging me about all of the extra games he's played. And it's like, well, that's just sitting there because he didn't get to play it with somebody else to then talk to about it. And right. something's got to happen with that energy. So uh, so th this is this is what we're thinking yeah um and you know as always let us know uh what you think about everything negative positive or negative even um <laughs> in on our discord 
um, which you can find uh, at spacecatspeaceturtles.com. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we and, never and, mentioned and, that. And, like, <laughs> you can find information about this show on spacecatspeaceturtles.com, <laughs> by the way. Is there even? I didn't even. Oh well, there's like a yeah. There's a link yeah. to our there's a link to our Discord over there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah that's you can that's you can thing. find the link to our Discord yeah. there sure. on Spacecast. We Space should. Turtles. It would be fun to have a website for this show. There's really stupid things we could do on an OGA website. Actually, that yeah. that, that could be fun. It'd be also be a better place to host the the list of a hundred games. I think probably that's, uh, that is a big deal but right there. That is talking. only a minor quibble. Great job, guys. <laughs> Old Gamer's Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson, with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac. Yeah.